We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. Lord, a good hand clap. Good morning. morning. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Glad to see you all. I'm excited about about Brother Ferris at 11 o'clock. More than you know, some some wonderful things are going to happen. I have no doubt about that. And we've got uh, a couple special things uh, happening at 11 as well on top of the word. And so I'm just excited about uh, what the Lord is going to do here this morning. Are you ready? Here's all I'm going to ask. It's easy to be distracted. It's easy to wonder who's, who's coming in next. You know, it's easy to, to hear a baby cry or a, a children run up and down the stairs. It happens. Virtually every service, it happens. But if we could tune in for just a little bit and... Uh, I want to I want to share with you what I feel like will be uh, a very deep topic, and I never say this because I like services to stand alone, but truthfully, my goal in this ten o'clock service is to get us ready for eleven. It really is. I mean, I'd love to tell you that I've got a, a word that's just for right now, and it is. If this is all you were going to get, it would it would it would do you good, but I think. We're preparing for something bigger, and so uh, I want us to just uh, pay real close attention. And I want to give you my mindset before I read three verses of Scripture with you. As a pastor, I get a lot of phone calls, and I like those. I like to be in communication with people. And uh, I get some letters, and I get some emails and texts, what have you. But I'm going to just lay all of it out here right now. I'm sick. You ready? I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm bothered in my spirit by people that come into the church. The church rallies around their pain and their sorrow. We spend time in counsel and Bible study and prayer time and visitation to see them get close to a spiritual victory only to see some little something take them out. Oh, that hurts me so bad. That, that's just. And so I want to just talk to you for a little bit today. And those of you that are watching online, God bless you. I wish you were in service today. And if you can't be, we understand. But uh, uh, put, put, the, put the coffee cup down and flip the omelet to the trash can. And, and come go with us for the next 40 minutes. Matthew 16 and 24 where we'll be reading from, King James Version. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whatsoever will save his life, for whosoever whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. 
Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Here's the question of the ages. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And I want to just teach for the next little bit getting ready for this 11 o'clock service with our great evangelist and my close friend of many years, Brother Ferris. I'm excited about that. But I want to just forget about all that for just a few moments. And I want to talk about this subject. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Amen. And I want you to pray with me right now. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. You see every man, woman, boy, and girl. You see our classes Touch our teachers, lead and guide them all, Lord, uh, with a spirit of truth and love and kindness and understanding. Let them teach. Lord, we pray for them. But right now, let there be a special anointing. Let us hear the word. Let us understand the word. And then let us respond to what your spirit is saying to this adult class today. And we'll thank you for it. We declare that it's already done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's love him just one more time. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I want us to go back to verse 26 and read a little portion of this. For what, for what? Notice this is a question. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Now, there's a reference here because there's always, uh, there's always been business. From the beginning of time, uh, outside of the Garden of Eden, there's been trade. There's been, there's been work. There's been exchange, this for that, until a monetary system was set up. It was these things for that, and everything had a value. And so even in this day, as Jesus is talking, uh, he's talking business. He's talking business right here because he's talking about the price and the value and profit. If there's no profit, there's no business. And so here's what he says. He's talking about bottom line, ultimately, bottom line. Because in, a, in, in the life of a lot of businesses, you have times where things are wonderful. And then like right now where things are very slow or down. I've talked to a few people in the last few days that are in various industries connected to some type of building. And they've said, you know, uh, it has happened. What, what was trying to be achieved has happened. It has shut us down. We're, we're not as busy today or we're slower today than ever. And so uh, things happen. Business have highs and lows. And we've been on several years of, of just riding high. And now all of a sudden this bubble has burst, just like everybody knew it would at some point. And here we are, but better than uh, the last set of numbers. That's profit. And, and I'm sure most of you know, but if just one of you get anything from this right here, does everybody know what Black Friday is? I mean, if, is there somebody that doesn't know the literal meaning of Black Friday? I'd just like to see your hand. It won't mean you're ignorant. It'll just mean you've never looked at it. Black Friday is the one weekend where businesses finally get their business out of the red and into the black. 
So they can lose money all year long just to stay right close enough to where when Black Friday comes, they run all these deals and they can make all their profit in the last six weeks of the year. And so they call that Black Friday. And that, that, that settles it all. So Jesus is talking business. He's talking that last set of numbers, that bottom line. The bottom line is what's important, folks. A lot of what happens in life, really, when it gets mixed up in the blender of life, it's not going to matter. It's going to matter what that bottom line says. If you made it or if you didn't make it. Jesus says, tell me the bottom line. Give me the profit amount. Let me hear it. If you gain the entire world yet lose your soul, please tell me what your bottom line is. Just let that thought sink in a minute. This puts uh, a comparison and a price of my soul against anything in the world. Is that correct? It says, is my soul more valuable than anything? And we would all say that is an absolute correct answer. It's a right answer. But you know what? That's an incorrect answer. When the Spirit asks me that question, it's an incorrect answer. That is not a correct answer. Because if our soul was only the value of anything, that would be any singular one thing. The Lord's not trying to tell us our soul has the value of more than anything. He's trying to tell us our soul has the value of more than everything. Oh, I'm going to do my best not to preach. If someone would ask me this question, I'd say, yeah, that's absolutely correct. But the more I read into this, the more I study and the deeper I go, the Lord's not saying it's not just worth something. It's worth more than everything. The fact is, the scripture indeed tells us you can take the entire world, you can gain the whole world and lose your soul, and at the end of your life, you have profited absolutely nothing. You are in the red. It's not that it's worth more than a million dollars or five million or ten million. It's not that it's worth more than fame or more than a relationship or worth more than a business contract or, or beauty or, or whatever it is that you want to name. It's worth all of that combined and more. Uh, it, it, it concerns me to see people that, that declare to be spirit-filled allow a fleshly relationship separate their soul from eternity. Come on, it's, 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 a, it's an unreal imagination to think there's any one, two, ten, hundred people in this world that is more valuable than my eternity. Any addiction, any hookup, any hang-up, any habits, there's nothing you can combine together that's worth more than your soul. You can dress like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, look like the world. You can do whatever you want to do. You can win the lottery. You can marry a ten and go to hell. Oh, there are a few that have tried to put a price on their life, on their soul, on their walk. Mostly it's for fame and fortune. I want to read an article, and I have a note here that I, that I have read this article at some point. But I want to just share a couple of things with you. Born under the thumb, the story goes, of two Pentecostal, spirit-filled Holy Ghost empowered pastors born under the thumb of two 
Pentecostal, apostolic, Holy Ghost-empowered pastors and pursuing a career in gospel music with Amy Grant as a role model, she was everything the Christian community adored as an entertainer. She was attractive. She was talented. She was wholesome. But when she publicly declared her desire to kiss the girls, the article states, bam, the devil burst in, supporting her rise as she sold upwards of 11 million records worldwide, as well as receiving three Guinness Book of World Records in suspiciously short space of time. Then it says, we can all imagine her daddy's face as she performed her music half-dressed while publicly dismissing her religious upbringing, stating that she didn't believe in heaven or hell and that she was not a Christian anymore. Little did we know at the time, but she was already on a slippery slope towards Satanism. The final confession taken place in an Australian talk show where the pop singer admitted she had indeed sold her soul to the dark side. This is her quote. You know what was going on in my life at 15 and that I got introduced to the music industry because I swear I wanted to be like the Amy Grant of music, but it did not work out, so I sold my soul to the devil, Katy Perry. I want to tell you something. You can make all the money in the world. You can rise to the top. You can sell all the albums. You can be, we're in an adult class here, you can be the sex symbol of the age. But I want to tell you something. If you lose your soul, you come out with a sum total of below zero. We have to be saved. The only thing that's going to satisfy you is not another contract, is not another man, not another woman, not an extramarital affair, not another drink, not another line of cocaine, not another party, not another smoke. The only thing that's going to satisfy us is when Jesus Christ has the ability to run our entire business. We've tried it every other way. Some people will get one foot in and one arm in. It ain't going to work that way. Study Jay-Z's life. Study Ozzy Osbourne's life. You'll find people that had it, that knew what the Holy Ghost was, that knew what the gift of tongues and interpretation was, that understood what it was to sit in an apostolic environment and people's lives be changed with one touch of the Master's hand. But something got a hold of them and said, there's not enough for me at church. There's not enough for me among my Christian relationships. There's not enough. I've got to go out. I've got to make my way. I've got to do my thing. Anybody ever known the story of Robert Johnson? Young 27-year-old when he died, African-American, one of the most incredible guitar players to ever play. There was a movie made about him, one of the best I had ever seen at that point in my life. And it was a movie about Robert Johnson's life and the legend called Crossroads. Anybody ever see that movie? People that knew him said he was a miserable guitar player that wanted to be a blues guitarist but was okay at best. And I'm reading the writings. In some conversations, a pitiful guitarist until that fateful night when he met that tall black shadow at the crossroads. He believed it was the devil, the African spirit, Papa Legba. The story goes that he took the guitar and he played two songs, this tall 
black figure took these two, took the guitar and played two songs. And, and his story says that from that point forward, the, le- the legend of Robert Johnson began and he influenced almost every guitar player to this day. He stated, I sold my soul for a supreme music talent. Folks, I want to tell you something. We could go down the list. We go down the list. So who are we as everyday workers? People that don't have talents that might bring millions and millions of dollars in the signing of one contract. People that don't own things that might just turn to gold tomorrow. Sometimes we find ourselves with our hand closed and our heart hardened and our, our mind fixated on the Lord is going to take care of that. When the Lord said, if you'll carry your cross... You pick up your burdens and follow me. I will settle the rest. Too many times we want to follow him without a cross. We want to follow him and try to leave our burdens somewhere. And he said, if you'll pick it up and follow me, I will take care of you. But I want somebody to hear me today. Nothing's worth it. He's not worth it. She's not worth it. They're not worth it. The job's not worth it. The money's not worth it. The fame's not worth it. The look's not worth it. You've got to go to heaven. What used to be a sin is still a sin. What he convicted you of when you first come out of the water is still a conviction unless you have. Let me just try to teach here just a few moments. Anyone and everyone that ever knew anything about Robert Johnson, they said, could only come up with seeing him on five occasions ever after he became the legend that recorded 13 albums in just a couple of years but never done any touring much. They said once he sold his life, he became an invisible, mystical legend. Somebody hear me, his story is too long for me to read. You ought to go research him. You'll find some of the deepest, darkest stories in the history of famous people trying to reach happiness. I got one of the the most heart-wrenching text messages this morning from someone that I love very dearly. Well, I actually started out last night. Pastor, pray for me. I feel like I'm losing my mind. I feel like I'm losing the battle. There's an attack. It's it's this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And I sent something back and I said, I know where all your answers are. It's not in the family situation. It's not in the financial situation. It's not in the job market. It's not in all the things you've listed. But if you'll get yourself to church today at 11 o'clock and completely surrender to the altar of Jesus Christ and you become the wood on the fire God only Jesus too many of us are looking for happiness if I can get this one situation I'll be settled quit kidding yourself that's a lie straight from the enemy nothing's going to settle your mind and your heart nothing's going to start your stop your heart from pounding every night you lay down in bed until you can lay down with a clear conscience and know that if the trump of God sounds or if your heart stops beating you're going to go straight to heaven everything else seems to fade away Y'all forgive me for for needing a 10 o'clock teaching, but I just feel like somebody. I feel like some people. I feel like some of you, some of you, some of you that are watching from around the nation and maybe around the world or will watch later. You need to listen to me right now. I feel this deep in my soul. The only thing that's going to satisfy you is Jesus. In the last moments of his life, 
The last moments dying as a 27-year-old man, Robert Johnson scribbled on a piece of linen cloth. It's still underneath glass, sealed today, these words. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he will call me from the grave. Robert Johnson, after admitting to sell his soul to an African god and making a deal with what he called the devil, selling his soul out to know how to play music, just lived a very short span of six to seven years, some said, after that. Only in the end of time, after the money was gone, after he had aortic collapse, and he's laying there, and he's dying, and he knows it, the only thing he can reach to is not for a ball of cocaine, it's not for another bottle of whiskey, not for another bedroom full of women, but the only thing that was coming to his soul was he had a redeemer or somewhere out there and that's what he needed folks countless are the people that never gave God a moment until they lay on that bed I believe in deathbed absolutely I believe the Lord gave us a, a good picture as the thief on the cross that he'll do whatever he wants to do he's God but I'm going to tell you something it's never worth the gamble I'm going to find a place where I can fit in. I'm going to find a place where, where, where it's not wrong in that church. Folks, let me tell you something. What do you mean it's not wrong in that church to do that? I don't live for an organization. I don't live for the United Pentecostal Church. I don't live for Life Point Church. I live for what's in this word. Everything else is my social connection and my spiritual family. I can't walk away from here and go over there because it'll change what's sin. We got some going to be here at 11 o'clock today that's going to be baptized. I know you know because she told me she got a hold of you. And something special is going to happen here today. And there's going to be some restoration from some deep and dark places, I believe, in our 11 o'clock service. And people are going to understand where they fit and how they belong. And no matter how far they've fallen or how embarrassing the road has taken them, only Jesus can satisfy their soul. The Bible leads us all to know that we're made up of body, soul, and mind. Thoughts, if you will. This body's going to die and it's going to go back into the earth. But I'm going to tell you something. Our thoughts will never die. Mark 9, 44 through 48 teaches us that the worm, that's what they, the, the old autopsy, if you will, way back in the days when they cut open the human brain and they saw the way it was, the medical doctors of the day called that the worm. And here's what the Bible says about that. That brain, that mind, that thought process will never die. Every altar service you turned away, you'll remember it. Every message that tried to draw you, every tear that you swallowed back, every single time, only Jesus is going to satisfy you. Go get you a husband, that's good. Go get you a wife, that's good. Go get you a better career, that's good. But you will never be happy until your soul is filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and he has full access over your life. You can be a social media influencer and go to hell. You can be a singer and go to hell. You can be a pastor and go to hell. You've got... Help me, help me, help me. We can gain the whole world, 
But if our soul is not saved, we will die in the red. I have talked to dozens, maybe, maybe even hundreds possibly by now of people that look me in the eyes, call me friend, call me pastor until I preach the wrong message. You know what I've discovered? People don't want a pastor. They want a preacher. Make me feel good. Don't, get, don't try to pastor me. Don't try to lead me. Don't try to guide me. Because here's what they realize. We can get together and, and create a coup and we can overthrow the pastor and we'll still be here. Pastors, I've discovered, are expendable. There is no security behind this desk except from there. Because people will lose their minds over one situation and they'll go somewhere where that is okay. I'm going to tell you something. Well, I'm not going to tell you that. The fact is this. We better return our soul back to its creator. You will never have complete satisfaction. Listen to this. Here's a couple more. Rolling Stones, who I used to really enjoy until they come out with that lip picture. That just messed me up with Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. But in any, any event, I'll never forget they sing the song, I can't get no satisfaction. I try, I try, I try, I try, I can't get no. Why? You got all the money in the world. You got a thousand women flying into every single concert piled up in the green room. You're getting your pick. You've got what you want. But what you want don't satisfy you because what you want is a human desire. But what's going to satisfy you is of the soul. Only Jesus can do that. You can have them all. You too great band in the 80s, early 90s still yet some would say sung the song, I did some research on it and I still haven't found what I'm looking for, I've climbed the highest mountains, I've been to the bottom of the sea I've been across the ocean but I still haven't found what I'm looking let me tell you why, because what you're looking for is not at the bottom of the sea it's not on the top of the mountain, it's not in another relationship, it's not in another drug house, it's not in another crack rock, it's not in another bottle of booze, it's not in another pack of cigarettes, what you're looking for the reason you can't sleep at night is because Jesus has not satisfied your soul somebody ought to help me right now you're hooked up and hung up over something that Jesus can settle we alright you think you can preach after this can y'all sing after this you turn your whole life over to Jesus Christ it's not a portion it's all of it uh, maybe some of the families watching and they know my heart and, uh, on this particular subject for certain. But I, I was proud yesterday. I called my niece who's incarcerated on a murder charge for at least 22 more days till they can clear her or, or, or get an official indictment or whatever what that next word is. And for the first time in many years, she was sober. And uh, I put some money on her books, $100, and made it where she could only call my number. This money is going to be spent talking to me. You're not calling all you. This going to be, this going to be. And she said, Uncle Russ, I'm going to make it. 
I said, what are you doing? She said, well, what do you think I'm doing? I'm hanging out here at the Hilton. And then she just laughed and her mind was clear. And she said, but you know what? It's all going to be okay. And I could feel that old Rachel, that one that used to pull people off the streets of drugs and alcohol. I could feel it. I don't know where she'll spend the rest of her life, but I believe with everything in me that there's a God moment happening right in the middle of all of this because she's realizing all of that could not satisfy me. Are you embarrassed? No, I'm not embarrassed. She's got to go to heaven from a prison cell. I don't believe that's the way it's going to turn out. I'll take it. I'll take it. What she got to live at the most, another 45, 50 years, that put her 90. Oh, somebody hear me. You put any and everything and stack it up against your walk with God, and if it's taller, you're in trouble. Everything ought to be inside of Jesus, not stacked on top of him. Your soul is worth more than keeping up with current fashion. It's worth more than being an internet influencer. It's worth more than keeping up with current music industry. It's worth more. Than the, than the modern clothes. Am I saying some of those things aren't even sin? No, some of those things aren't sin at all. But anything's a sin that's first. Oh, we live for, watch what that next word is. Many people in the world are so worried about what somebody else thinks about them that they'll never make a move towards God and never really give it all to Him. Because somebody will think. Men, if you're afraid somebody's going to think less of you because you shed a tear, let me let you know something. My mother is still alive. I've got a woman in my life. My wife and three daughters, that's four. I had one grandmother that lived up into her 80s, that's five. And I listen from young to my age to older and to the eldest who's gone on now that I had the opportunity to know. My great-grandmother was alive for a little while of my life, but I don't remember or recall her at all. But here's what I want somebody to hear right now. Men, if you think it'll make you look weak to cry, go do the study. A modern-day woman says a man that won't cry, she don't want anything to do with him. Well, what will the men think? We'll think you're an idiot. If you can't even cry before the Lord that made you. I can't go to an altar and shed a tear, Pastor. What will somebody think? The women will think you're not sensitive enough for a relationship. And the men will think you're too ignorant to care about your eternal soul. The altar is the only. Somebody needs to help me right now. The altar is the only place where you'll ever find satisfaction. River Phoenix. You remember him? Made enough money at 15 years old to buy his family a farm. Made his first movie called Stand By Me at 18. He was nominated for an Oscar on the movie called on the on a movie called Running on Empty. He also played young Indiana Jones in Indiana Jones and in the Last Crusade. He had pain. 
but he had wealth. He had respect, yet his life ended on a nasty curb in the outside streets of West Hollywood in a club in the wee hours of the moment while he lay there choking and vomiting on his own vomit after a massive drug overdose. By the age of 23, his life was taken. Eight years of fame. Traded. Come on. Terrible. They said the night was so busy in West Hollywood that he was hardly noticed as he laid convulsing on the side of the road, only needing to call one name. Y'all, that's heartbreaking. Especially when people sit on the pew and profess truth and profess to know only to go out into the world and some to never return. And if they do, they were carried by six. Come on. Am I judging his eternity or any other eternities? No, I'm, I'm not God. Matter of fact, he ain't even sitting in the seat of judgment yet. But I'm telling you that there is the loss of a lot of talent that never found what he thought he was really looking for. The Bible says that we were created in his own image. In the image of God created he man. The Bible also says God is a spirit. And no man has seen him until he came in the form of Jesus Christ. So when Adam and Eve were created, they did have a body, but they had a spirit. And so from the beginning, there was always a battle between flesh and spirit. Can you imagine living in a place where there was no sin, there was so much innocence, there wasn't even clothing. Nobody had ever thought of theft. Nobody had ever thought of murder or hurting someone or, or, or doing something evil to anybody. They were in a place that sin had never infringed on. Can you imagine the battle of the mind when Satan came as a serpent to them and said, you need to hear what I'm telling you. He don't want you to be smart. He don't want you to have any knowledge. Modern day could be, he don't want you to have any relationships. He don't want you to have any connection. He don't want you to be famous. He don't want you. That's not the fact, folks. He wants you to do it, but he wants you to do it for the right reason. He wants you to do it flying the right flag. People all over the world who wouldn't know who River Phoenix is. People all over the world wouldn't know who Amy Grant is. People all over the world that wouldn't know who a lot of these people are. But I can tell you what, there's not anybody anywhere at some point in time that won't know who Jesus is. If, if that's the fact, then when the Bible said that the, the word would be preached on every nation to every tongue... There's an opportunity for every person. Somebody said, well, what about those tribes that have never accepted the Lord? I'll tell you this. I heard the story from a missionary. I think it was right here, and I think you heard the story that the missionary couldn't get in there. They wouldn't allow people in there at all. It was a tribe that had cut themselves off, and an eagle flew and landed to the top of where they worshipped their false gods and began to speak in their language about the Lord Jesus. From that, they invited the word and the message and the Holy Bible. And today, there's tribal people that have never... 
Somebody needs to hear me. The Lord Jesus is going to get his job done and none are going to be lost because they didn't have a chance to know. He's not a God that designed us for hell. He said it's his will. He created us in his image. He breathed the breath of life into us. We became a living soul. When we draw our first breath, our life begins and we're going to end either in the black or in the red. The Bible says some men's sins will go before them. That's those that have been remitted and repented. And then some will follow. That's those that were never dealt with. And those are the ones we make judgment over. I want the signs of a believer to follow me. The Bible said these signs shall follow them that believe. I want to see signs of good works and healings and miracles following me instead of the sins of the past. See, some people just get right there on the edge and they can't commit. And then what happens when you don't commit? All of a sudden, well, there's probably a church, there's probably a group, there's probably a people somewhere that you could more align with. There's probably somebody that you could fit in more with. Maybe they've got more of this or more. Folks, if you got all the truth, there's not more of anything. Uh, same place you find joy, love, hate, fear. You find all those places in your mind. But just like that old song says, Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. I could care less. If I could buy it all with a solitary dime For what good would this whole wide world do me If I had leaving on my mind Folks, this is not where my roots are My roots are tapped into the soul of another world And I don't have much investment here Some folks are just reaching for more of what this world has. This world is only a transportation place. This is a bus stop. How can 70, 80, 90, 100 years be a bus stop? Saw, I saw a, a monk on a, on, a, on a deal the other day, 109 years old, playing with their grandchildren. What's 109 years of good life? If you die lost. See, now I'm going to just, now just because just I got time. Just because I can. I won't do this. He said, you look after your soul more than anything. There are situations where people ought to be in prison today. But the Lord... There are situations where we should have already had some folks' funeral, but the Lord. Some folks' family should have ended a long time ago, but the Lord. Some folks' children should have been somewhere on the end of a rope, but the Lord. The end of a bang, but the Lord. 
We've got to make sure there's space in our life that every person that comes near to us, God will satisfy their soul through our witness and our testimony and them. You see, I watch it and it hurts. I make notes. I, 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 could, I could share probably a hundred names with you. I'd never do it, but I probably could. Someday, 66 years after my death, maybe the files will be open. That's what the government says. 66 years after the last living person of Kennedy's death happens, we'll open the files. And, or after his death, we'll open it. And uh, so there's obviously a big fight and a big push about that. That's a whole other story. But listen to this. I could name the people that come into church. They are worshipers. Nowadays on social media, it's real easy to see because that's all you see on their social media. Oh, look what the Lord has done. Look at this sunrise. Look at this beautiful day. The Lord blessed me with this gorgeous woman, this great man. We're living for God. God is so good. Won't you come go with church with me on Sunday and, and on and on and on and on and on and on. And after a little while, you start realizing they're in trouble. Because now all you see is advertisement for the money they want. Now all you see is advertisement about the car they want you to buy. We got home builders here for the house. They want. Of course, I'm just, I'm just using home builders. We, we got uh, roofers and we got people that flip houses and, and people that, that work and run big companies and, and own companies and, and, and work and, and lead environments and, and build and, and construct. And, and you can see, you can see all of a sudden it's, nothing's about Jesus anymore. Now it's all about me. Here's the problem. We look in the mirror and when we think that's the most important. Oh, you matter so much to the kingdom. You're so important to the church. You're, you're, you're first. You should realize that right behind your creator. And you sit and you watch folks. And they come in. And yes, I'm, 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 I'm teaching it. I'm, call it what you want to call it. Come to the altar. And they stand up, change. You can see the glow on their face. And it wears off. And after a little while... Got to miss for this. Got to miss for that. Going to be late for this. Not going to make it to that. And you already know that, that that person or that family or that young person, those people had struggles and had issues before they ever walked into the church. And this was the only thing that carried them this far. And now you see them going into the red. The Lord delivered me from this. Here's what he said. Go and sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you. He's a loving God, but here's what he said. I brought you in once. If you're going to keep spitting in my face, something worse is coming because I still love you enough to draw you again. He'll call you two times. I'm done with this. We've got the promise of two calls. I'll call you as a moth. That's when you go to that closet. You get out that jacket for the first time in the year and you notice there's a couple little holes in it somewhere. And you go, Wow. Should have put some mothballs in here. Should have put something in here that would turn these animals, uh, these creatures away rather, these insects. And I should have done something. And, and it's just a little something missing. Just, just enough to irritate you and bother you. But make you know you've got to protect your house better. It doesn't destroy anything but a couple of garments. 
He said, I'll call you like that once. If you're smart enough to catch it, all you'll lose is a couple of garments. But the next time I call you, it'll be like a lion. I will rip and tear and destroy and take away everything until you, I am all you have because I love you enough to see you saved. How could we serve such a judgmental God? That's not judgmental. If you're laying on your deathbed, dying, saved, that's the mercies of God rather than living another 20 years hooked up and hung up in the same old life you were always in. I want us to stand. My time is up. Matter of fact, precisely, it's up right now. You go ahead, Brother Paul. Start the music if you will. 11 o'clock's coming. The choir's going to sing. I'm going to tell you now, the altar will never be closed. You're not waiting on an evangelist to say the altar's open. We can preach right over two or three being filled with the Spirit or being baptized. We ain't got no issue with that. I want us to just lift our hands right now. And here's, here's what I'm asking you, to, 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 if, if you can, to just pray this prayer with all sincerity. Lord, I, I don't want to hold anything back. Fifteen minutes from now, another service starts. Lord, I want to be all in. One hundred percent. Every song, the message, no matter what happens, I want to be all in. And when I leave here, I want my soul to smile. Come on, let's pray that prayer right now. Lord, prepare me. Get me ready. I'm ready for a move of your spirit in my life. I'm ready to be with the music. I'm ready to be with the altar. I'm ready to be with the evangelist. I'm ready to make the main thing the main thing. I'm ready for the most important thing to be out front. In Jesus' name. And right now I declare that that's done. And it's been spoken over. I love you. You're the very best. God bless you. We're going to have a great time with Brother Ferris here in just a little while.